Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Welcome to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me in just a bit, and today we'll talk to the author of a new historical novel set in the fur trade era, and the book depicts a year in the life of a young man and his half-wolf, half-husky dog companion. It's an interesting book. And we'll get a Lake Michigan fishing report from Dumper Dan Welch of Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters of Sheboygan. All that and more coming up right here on Outdoors Radio. Well, folks, it's time once again for the Madison Report. You hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that be LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or other platforms. And joining us once again is our good friend, pro angler Duffy Cup. Well, Duffy, uh, imagine you've been out on the water since we talked to you last. I have been, and uh, things are starting to look up a little bit. And uh, we got. I went out with a with a buddy of mine before the Capital City uh, meeting at uh, Goodland Park on Lake Wabisa, and we went out and spent the afternoon hunting for muskies. Uh huh. Unfortunately, we never. Steve hooked up with one for about three seconds. It was a small one. That was about it. But uh, during the course of the afternoon, yeah, I caught six pike and probably four or five bass. And uh, the the second the second pike that I caught is about a thirty incher and a pretty healthy one. And uh, I was throwing spinnerbait and throwing it way out there and he hit it right near the uh, where the word finally spell ashed into the water. Mm-hmm. So I got him within five or six yards of the boat and I looked behind it and I'm sure my eyes got as big as two dinner plates. Because swimming in right behind that that uh, pike was a huge muskie. Oh, I mean, it was it was big and it was wide. Wow! And it got my attention very very quickly. And of course, you don't have time to think in a situation like that. So what I did automatically with a 30, 30 inch pike on, I started doing a figure eight with the pike. Oh, sure. <laughs> I got around twice. It wasn't pretty, but uh, I didn't have any success. Huh. That was, uh, we both had a laugh about that at that. So it took about five minutes for us to get our composure back after that and, and get back to fishing. But, yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, cold out, and then in about the middle of the afternoon, there was a front that came through, and we moved from a, a northeast wind to a northwest wind, and uh it really, really got cold. Hmm. So and then it took it took about oh probably a half an hour for that front to move through and then it, it started getting not too bad out again and the clouds moved away and started warming up but uh and we we went to the Capital City meeting at the the shelter there at Goodland Park and it was so nice to have a meeting of a bunch of people and it was all natural. I mean, you didn't have everybody's vaccinated and, and the whole thing. And it really was uh, kind of nice to see all those people because it's been way over a year. Yeah, yeah. So I, things I, I, are starting to turn. Yeah, I miss get-togethers with uh, friends and, uh, you know, with uh, uh, fellow uh, outdoor communicators. We have three conferences that I go to just about every year, and none of them last year, and I'm hoping to do at least one, if not all three, this year. You know, that musky um, experience, I have seen big trout, T-bone, a smaller trout, on a guy's line. And uh, at least one that I saw photos of, he actually beached uh, like a 30-inch uh, brown that had T-boned a 10-incher. Um, and you see, you know, that musky probably could have eaten a 30-inch pike for breakfast and not even noticed. Wow. That one could have. He wouldn't even got the hiccups after that one. Yeah, but uh, that would have been a fight on your hands. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, and considering the rig I had in my hands, that would have been, that would have been uh, pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else do you hear about uh, fishing on well, the chain? Well, talking, talking to a couple of guys that are, that are bass guys, and 
they're finding even in the colder water now, some of those bass are still, they're, they're catching them in shallow water, like four feet of water, uh -huh. which you wouldn't think would happen yet because, you know, they're going to spawn starting at about 63, 64 degrees, probably water temperature. And that really doesn't exist on, on most of the lakes here. The, uh, the shallow end of Wabisa was at the warmest we found was 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, they're going to start, they're not staging anymore. They're, they're moving in at that point. But in a lot of the lakes like Mendota or, uh, the deeper parts on Monona, that I, I think it maybe has to do with, uh, moon phase or something. I mean, they're, they're feeling the, the pressure to uh, get the job done, I guess, is what it comes down to. Uh -huh. And they might even start going in there before they normally would, just because of that. Uh-huh. Okay. Any walleye action? Uh, walleye action has been uh, pretty spotty. Uh, I, I think one, one rule of thumb on a walleye, and again, I'm not a walleye guy, but I know guys that are walleye guys, and they work pretty hard at it, and they said, what happens when you start getting the, this time of the year, the spawn is over and the whole thing, is that people will start fishing for them, but they're fishing too deep. Uh -huh. So they're trying to keep it, so oh, I, I would say uh, no deeper than 10 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're finding them, but most of the, most of the action is, is real low light or guys that are going out at night. There's been some guys going out at night and having some success. And then one of the other guys that, that fishes with me, he went out, he hired uh, Noah Humfeld here in the Madison Lakes to take him out and troll for walleye at night because uh, Noah had had a bunch of success doing that. Yeah. So they went out and they're dragging uh, number 13 uh, rapplers and some husky jerks and stuff like that. And both, both Rich and Tom both caught personal best muskies that night. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Tom's was over 47 inches and, and Rich's was over 42 inches. So, wow. And the night before, all they caught was walleye running that same rig in the same area. So that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those muskies go where they want to go and they, they don't know that a walleye bait is not for them. So. That's that. That is exciting. Are you hearing anything about Lake Wisconsin and the river? I have not heard anything uh, reliable anyway. I've heard some from some young guys, but I, I just I I wouldn't bank on what they're telling me. Uh -huh. uh, so there's a little bit of a lack of trust there. Uh -huh. But uh, I, I would think things on the river are probably starting to turn into. I don't want to call it a summer pattern, but, uh, you know, transition starting for them. Uh -huh. That water's a little bit warmer, and boy, do we need, I mean, I, I had to buy another prop today, um, hit some shallow water on, on Wabisa and oh. tore up one of the flukes on my prop. Oh, boy. But the water, water on Monona uh, earlier in the week that we went on to went by John Nolan Drive there, and you go a riprap. Yeah. Along there, and you can see where the water normally sits just yeah. because of the color of the rock. Yeah. And it's a good two feet lower than it normally is. Wow. So the lake, uh, the lakes so, are still pretty low then. Yeah. Even the boat launches there on Wabusa, I used uh, I used Goodland Park, and I had to have my motor uh, with the prop almost out of the water. Uh -huh. uh, once you once your boat is in the water, and there's some shallow spots that pop up so everybody that's leaving that area all you're doing is seeing where the mud is coming up and everything and i i'm i'm guessing the same thing's happening at, at lake farm just yeah. down the road a little bit wow okay so people be careful and watch out for your prop it's starting to get expensive yeah yeah wow well before we let you go any events coming up uh well this uh this morning I will be at uh, Capital City Madison Madison outing on uh, Monona and Wabisa. So uh, hopefully I'll do well there. I've, I've won that tournament twice. So oh, okay. A bit of a tar got a little bit of a target on my back, but uh, it's always fun to go out with those guys. And the guy that's my partner for it is ex West Point guy, and he's uh, 
he's really he's really a fun guy to fish with. And then the weekend after that, we have Marco Siki's uh, casting for kids. Well, I will have uh, two guys in the boat, and it's a big money raiser. I mean, they want to raise thousands and thousands of dollars again this year for doing it. And the hockey community really jumps on top of this uh-huh. and uh, really raises a lot of money. So, and then uh, early middle of middle of June, I've got uh, the Wisconsin Youth Musky Championship on the Madison Lakes. I've got a young man that I. I've taken out before. Uh, last time we did that tournament, he took second. So, look forward to having him in the boat again. So, uh, busy May, busy June, and I've also got uh, you're familiar with the head-to-head uh, professional walleye yep. trail. Yep. And they have uh, one coming up here real quick up on uh, Lake Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And I am helping Greg Karch put on the kids' fishing clinics. Well, good. You're, on, you're, you're, uh, yeah. 17th and the 19th, I think, is when it is. You're going to be a busy guy. Yep, I am. I keeps me out of jail. Uh-huh. Yep, there you go. All right, well, Duffy, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Have fun and uh, pace yourself so you don't wear yourself out now with all that fishing. Oh, don't and all worry those about things. that. All right. You take care. All right, thanks, Dan. You bet. Thank you. Duffy Cup with the Madison Report, and I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Well, joining us once again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Jeff, uh, you've got a tournament this weekend after a couple weeks off, right? Yeah, got 140-plus teams headed to uh, Sawyer Park in Sturgeon Bay for the Sturgeon Bay Open. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, is that walleye or bass? It's a bass tournament. Um, I suppose I could have the, the full title. Dan is Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament. Uh, in fact, uh, the <laughs> we we work with the Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament Committee (SBOBT), um, and um, uh, they they made sure that uh, in any of our public addressing of the event that we say Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament because there is a Sturgeon Bay Bass Tournament. And so mm-hmm. they 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 don't want the two mixed up. So uh, you can't just say like Sturgeon Bay Bass Tournament or Sturgeon Bay Open. You you round it all out to Sturgeon Bay, the Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament S B O B T. So okay. So yes. w- what is an open compared to a regular tournament? Yeah. So I mean, as far as the open goes, it, there, there there was no there's there's. I think at one time they used it maybe as a qualifier or something like that, which is where the open came from, uh, mm-hmm. which is sometimes what you'll get. If you watch some of the, the Bassmaster, uh, elite series anglers, they qualify to be elite series through what's called opens. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it allows anglers from, you know, maybe different states, maybe different, um, countries to participate and in this case uh we've always had for the sturgeon bay open bass tournament uh canada versus the u.s and uh-huh. uh for many years that was really a big side item uh the canadians would come down and they would often win this event uh now last year we moved the event to the fall so that we could safely run the event and this year we're back into our spring but of course the border is not open so we still don't have the Canadians participating. You know, we had 140 teams with just U.S. teams. Uh, I mean, there's there's 50 teams from Canada that want to come and fish this, and they're not available. So wow. um, it's it's a it's a real real bummer that uh, we're still closed like this uh, because we know safely we can run this event. There's no reason why these anglers can't come across, but uh, uh, but you know we'll leave that to the, the politics. Sure, um, restrictions being what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, but so, so as far as, uh, this event goes though, Dan, you know, this is, this has been an event that's been around for quite a long time. And so, um, there's, there's a lot to make sure we continue with tradition wise, um, you know, whether it be raffles and things like that, which anybody who's been to a, a master's walleye circuit event or a North American bass challenge event in the last few years, um, you know, we're, we're not big in the raffle type stuff, you know, we're, this mm-hmm. is, we're, we're, we're there to run a fishing tournament, but the, the, the SBOBT has always been that. And so, um, uh, so we've got a great committee that's still heavily involved that they used to run the tournament side of things. Now we've taken that over for them, but that opens them up to be able to run, 
you know, a, a cash bar as a fundraiser and, uh, um, all the raffles and things like that and, and allows their volunteers to be able to concentrate on those things instead of having to worry about a tournament director and all the, uh, the, the intricate, uh, anomalies that come up with, uh, with running a tournament. And, uh, that's where, where I come in now as the tournament director, uh, for this event, you know, matter of finding all of our volunteers and getting our staff in the right places and organizing release boats and permits and, um, you know, arrangements with the city and, and all of that type of stuff that goes on prior to the event, um, is big stuff because as long as I've got that stuff taken care of, when we get to the event, uh, it runs pretty smooth. And if it doesn't, the anglers and participants and even volunteers, they, they don't even know, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's amongst mm-hmm. me and my staff and we figure that all out and, um, we go from there. There's a lot behind the scenes going on that people don't realize when an event like that goes well. Uh, or doesn't because you're scrambling to, to, you know, <laughs> to patch holes, I guess. Exactly. You and, say. you know, I'm fortunate enough to have enough experience in this and, and see, you know, events that have, that have run well and smoothly and events that, uh, on the outside, they looked like they ran smoothly, but inside is a, you know, not a dumpster fire, I suppose, but you could almost, yeah. you could almost call it that at times. You know, it feels like that sometimes uh, when you're just, you've got so much stuff going on in, at, at one time, but, um, you know, we're ready for this one. We've got a Masters Walleye Circuit event uh, in Menominee Park in Oshkosh next weekend. Uh, oh so we're going from one to the next, and mm-hmm. um, we'll be ready. Again, you know, it's, it's all that back planning. As long as you're ready for it, uh, yep. you can you can come, keep running back to back to back to back if you need to. Yeah. Now, this is a two-angler team tournament. Is that how it works? Yep, this is a team tournament, and uh, so anglers' uh, registration was closed earlier this week. Anglers had signed up throughout the last number of months, and uh, we've got two-person teams, again, from all over the place, except for Canada. Uh, I'll find out. I'm, I'm going to guess we're probably somewhere in that 10, 11, 12-state range. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had spoken to a couple of guys from Arkansas that were coming up, and uh, so from all over the place, these guys are coming up to fish these big smallmouth bass. That's what they really are after. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you're talking, you know, six pound average fish can be caught and likely will be at this time of year for this event. Yeah. Now this is a two day, three day fishing event. This is a two day event. So they're going to okay. weigh five fish each day. Um, and, uh, we've got our release boats ready to go. They're state of the art release boats ready to help, uh, revive fish should they come to the scale, uh, weakened. Uh, but most of these fish stand from the cold waters of Sturgeon Bay and the Bay of Green Bay are, are going to be ready to go. I mean, as soon as they are done on stage, they get right back into the water and, uh, we're going to go dump them out and, um, they're, they're going to be plentiful in the Sturgeon Bay area. <laughs> There'll yeah, be lots yeah. of fish for you to go catch in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, the, the weigh in and the finals and everything that's open to the public. Yeah, it is. You know, Sawyer Park is going to be the location both Friday and Saturday. So if you want to stop in, uh, we'll be getting everything rolling about two o'clock in the afternoon, both Friday and Saturday. And, uh, we'll have, uh, vendors there and there'll be raffles there and refreshments and things and, uh, be a great place to, you know, get outside, safely distance, uh, yourself and, and have a good time and, and watch some amazing fish from an incredible fishery come across the stage. Yeah. I have seen some of those bass, caught a few myself and, uh, yeah, you're right. There, it's, there's almost nothing like it in Wisconsin except maybe Shawamigan Bay, but I think the Sturgeon Bay fish run bigger. Because uh, it's a little warmer, and uh, you know they uh, they grow they grow faster there. So yeah, well yeah. great, well great. Well while you're doing that, I have a turkey permit for this week, and I'm hoping to at least see a tom, if not uh, get a shot at one and bring one home. Uh, I'll certainly report on that next week. Uh, I'm picking up the boat uh, finally. Uh, it's it's ready, but uh, John is uh, going to be shooting, um, well, hoping to shoot a turkey in the uh, Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Cast and Blast on uh, next weekend. And so, or actually, uh, I think it's Wednesday through Friday, so he's going to come over on the weekend, and he and I are going to go over to Cedar Lake Sales and get the boat, and uh, you might do a little fishing on the way back. You never know. So that's our plan. Well, listen, coming up, we've got an interesting show this week, as I think we do most weeks. We're going to talk with author Barry Delberto. He's from the UP originally, 
but he lives in Stanley, Wisconsin now, and he's written a novel about a young man and a half-wolf, half-husky dog that uh, the man tames and becomes his companion, and their adventures during the fur trade era. So this is set back in uh, 1801, 1802, right about the time, well, when the fur trade was going really strong up on the north shore of Lake Superior, uh, Port uh, Grand Portage and Fort William, and just a year or two before the uh, famous uh, Lewis and Clark expedition. So interesting book. Uh, the guy's done a lot of research and uh, I think you'll find it interesting. And we'll kick things off with Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welch with his every other week report on Lake Michigan trout and salmon off Sheboygan. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area. We do this every other week in the spring and summer, and it's sponsored by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan, and you can find him on the web at DumperDan.com or on Facebook at Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters. And this week also brought to you by Ranieri's Four-of-A-Kind Bar and Grill, 811 Indiana Avenue in Sheboygan, and on Facebook at Ranieri's, and that's R-A-N-I-E-R-I-S, Four-of-A-Kind. And joining us once again from Sheboygan is Captain Dan Welsh. Well, Dan, welcome back. You betcha, Dan. Happy to be on board again this week with you guys. Well, and your boats are in the water, I understand. You bet, you bet. Uh, everything's in the water. The fleet of Dumper Dan boats are in. They're all got a showroom shine on them. They're all buffed out, cleaned up, bottoms painted, uh, new line on all the reels and rods, and we're ready to roll. And uh, speaking of that, we've been rolling and trolling here off the port of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and catching uh, both trout and salmon here the 
the early part of May. Okay, what? Uh, so tell us about what you're catching. Right now, there's a couple different varieties, Dan. We went from brown trout fishing, you know, shallow water up north uh-huh. uh, and close, um, and now we're moving on to lake trout out deeper. Reason why is the bait fish showed up early this year, mm-hmm. and we got a whole shoreline full of shad, alewife, and a few smelt mixed in, so they got their, their feed bag on on the shoreline with these brown trout, so they're hard to catch on artificial baits right now. So what we've been doing is pulling away from that and going out fishing 60 to 90 foot south of town and fishing the bottom for lake trout, and we've been catching limits of lake trout uh, doing just that. So, And they get good size. Our biggest one so far has been 21 pounds, um, but they're good, you know, anywhere from 5 to 15 pound fish. They're fun to catch, good to eat, and that's what we've been focusing on uh, here at the moment. Okay. Any salmon showing up? There are a few salmon showing up. Actually, my boat three yesterday had a, a 15-pound rainbow or steelhead. Really nice rainbow. Um, we had a couple of cohos on my boat one and three the last couple of trips out. Um, but a few here, a few were there. Now, I've been talking to a lot of different people up and down the shoreline, and, and there's a big school of coho heading our way. Port Washington's getting into them pretty good. I heard they're at about Harrington Beach right now, which is about halfway between Sheboygan and Port. Some guys have been fishing them there. We're mm-hmm. catching a few cohos in that 80 to 100-foot range south of town, but I think it's just going to heat up like you wouldn't believe. And the reason I say that is, Terrible captains and, and private boat anglers are catching them in Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, Waukegan, Winthrop Harbor, Port Washington as we speak. So that's a big school of fish that's, you know, on the shoreline here on, on the Wisconsin side. So I, I think it's going to be some really good fishing here for the next month on Coho Salmon. Now that's an annual migration. Those fish, uh, wintered down near Chicago at the southern end of Lake Michigan and then they just make their way up the shore and everybody gets a shot at them. Yeah, that's very true, but what we've been noticing, too, like last year I filmed a TV show, it was the last day of May or first day of June, but it was, I think, June 2nd or May 31st, but we filmed a show and caught 15 coals and lost that many. We had 30 fish on in two hours, and that was in our gap, which is, the gap is the Sheboygan Lighthouse area. Yep. Mudline was coming out, there was bait fish in there, and we just hammered the coals, but it seems like them shoreline coals are here and gone. They, they, they jump from harbor to harbor, they eat up these bait fish, and they keep moving the good sign is what i just mentioned that that 80 to 100 foot of water them schools of coal usually stay there spread out and you catch them anywhere from 100 to 200 feet of water come june so we're hoping they stick around water temps are ideal right now for them to stick around and there's bait around so if they stick around it could be i mean some unbelievable fishing for you know hopefully a few weeks to a month on end and while we're fishing them dan we do catch steelhead lake trout and king salmon we have equipment out for all that too so yeah it could be a good variety time coming up here very shortly yeah it sounds like it now of course for the lakers you're you're uh, trolling real deep but for the other fish you use downriggers and uh, divers and uh, boards to to hit the various uh, depths of the water column don't you Exactly, yeah. We put just a wide spread of equipment out and, uh, you know, if we, we get our limit of lake trout or we decide to pull that stuff up and throw a little faster and throw some more other stuff out for other species. We, we do that quite often too, depending on what's in the area. And right now we're just starting to get into them rainbows, coals, kings. So, you know, and it, it's early to mid-May here yet. So, I mean, everything's a little early, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's right on time a little early, but I, I think later May and all of June is going to be just gangbusters for everybody here and up and down the shoreline, not just Sheboygan as well. But I would say stock up on your equipment and get ready because once this weather warms up a little bit, I think it's going to get really, really hot. All right. Well, and your other sponsor this week is Ranieri's Four of a Kind. They're uh, not far from uh, Dumper Central there, right, right around the corner from your place. Um, what What can you tell us about Ranieri's? They're a regular sponsor as well. They are. John Ranieri's got a great place, him and his family there, and he got great uh, chefs and cooks and bartenders and just a nice fisherman-style bar atmosphere hangout. they got pool tables, dartboards, if you want to play a little bit of that. Um, and I can point them out right from my deck on the riverfront. I, I do it all the time and show the people where it's at. And from my condos, by the time you jump in a car and drive there, you can walk there just as fast. So real convenient to walk there, grab some dinner. They got some great steak sandwiches, roasted chicken, fish fries on Friday night, carryouts. Um, you eat there, dine in, dine out, take it back to our, our condos or sit on our patio deck with a bag of um, steak.
steak sandwiches from four of a kind, but they're, they got good food and it's, it's right there. It's right by the bridge on 8th Street. It's about a block and a half walk from my place and we highly recommend giving that a shot when you're here for some supper, lunch, dinner, what have you. All right. Well, Dan, uh, my, my last question, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way is the phone and it's ringing, ringing and ringing, uh, 920-377-1147. When you do call, try and have a, a couple different date options just in case if your four, first choice is taken. Um, so we can get you in the books as quick as possible. We are taking reservations seven days a week, 24-7. Otherwise, uh, definitely check out our Facebook page. We'll be updating that more and more as we start running more trips here. Um, our captains will be putting pictures up along with myself with some information at Thumper Dance Board Fishing Charters on Facebook or website. You can access the Facebook page at www.thumperdan.com. But 920-377-1147 puts you right to me, and we can uh, – we can answer all your questions and get you guys in the books. All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much. I uh, hope the fishing continues to be as exciting and uh, plentiful uh, action as, as it has been, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. You got it, Dan. Thanks a bunch. Take care. Yep. Dumper Dan Welch of uh, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters of Sheboygan, as he mentioned, his website, dumperdan.com. Uh, Facebook, Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, and also brought to you this week by Ranieri's Four of a Kind, just around the corner on Indiana Avenue in Sheboygan. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com. And all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining us now from Stanley, Wisconsin, is Barry Delberto. He's the author of a new book entitled Brave. Nisayen Maengen, which is Ojibwe for My Older Brother the Wolf. Brave is an historical novel. It's set in the early 1800s during the fur trade era, and most of the action, or a lot of it, takes place along the north shore of Lake Superior, from Grand Portage, Minnesota, west to Fort William and uh, other locations. Barry, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Glad to be here. So how did you get interested in the fur trade? Well, you know, I think it uh, it really started with my first uh, book, my first novel, uh, Distant Dreamer. Uh, and when I got done, I towards the end of it, I had uh, one of my characters uh, have a dream while he was in the Boundary Waters in a camping uh, situation. And he had several dreams, and they were uh, ongoing. And he saw this figure in in the uh, in buckskins, meeting a brigade, a, a canoe brigade, uh, birch bark canoes of the Northwest Company, and uh, he caught a ride with them and uh, met his friend Sean, uh, who is also in the book uh, as the, he was going to become the new uh, head clerk at Grand Portage. They were going there uh, during the, uh, the annual rendezvous which is mid-July. Mm-hmm. And so this was sometime in June when they caught that around the Rainy River and they took the regular canoe routes uh, between the, the Canada and uh, and headed uh, east, you know, to Grand Portage and made the, the nine-mile portage with all the, all the stuff. And that's basically where I have this, uh, the story started. But So I had to do a lot of research in that. Um, I just thought, you know, this this sounds interesting. I think I'd like to delve uh, deeper into this. Um, 
I think I made a note in the towards the back of the book here. Uh, I've got something that after bri- briefly visiting the fur trade era in dream sequences in first novel, just dreamer, um, uh, I de- decided to delve deeper and immerse um, the time travel characters, mm-hmm. Marcus Fisher and, and Sean McTavish, into the Lake Superior all with the Montreal-based North Coast Company of Grand Portage, and um, and of course then later to Fort William, which is just north of there. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, so that it kind of just tickled my uh, interest, and I've always had an interest in the outdoors, in hunting, camping. I never can quite enough fishing, mostly uh, too. And so, um, and so I thought, you know, this might work out. And then, then something happened that um, I had my my character at first had no dog, no, uh, and and he decided to go to the Ojibwe village, which is just uh, not far down the lakeshore from Grand Portage Fort. And um, he ran into, while he was doing some trading with smoked trout that he would trade with from the lake, uh, he ran into a a little fat, waddly puppy that came out and tugged on his leg and looked up at him. And eventually he traded for the puppy. And it was, turns out it was, he called him Brave, and he grew up that year, and that really, um, he became from a wee pup, as uh, his buddy uh, Sean would call him, uh, his husky wolf ancestry. He was a Malmute husky mixed with wolf, and uh, he had his wolf's father spirit, so it made him a fierce beast at times, yet he could be gentle, and he became Mark's soul defender while his his loving, gentle, multifaceted personality endeared him to just about everyone, the Ojibwe voyagers and fur traders that they met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that, you know, launched it. Then I had to just uh, uh, figure out a story, and, and I used guidelines that were historically correct. David Thompson, the cartographer and um, Northwest Company's surveyor, did make on in 1802 in the summer made a complete circumnavigation and he had done this once before uh and taking readings and doing uh, mapping uh reading with his sextant the stars the planets and and so he went with them with the dog brave who was pretty much fully grown then and this crew of i think four that david had in a, a 30-foot birch bark canoe uh that they retrofitted with two sets of oars instead mm-hmm. of paddles so uh, this is the way they went and camped all the way around and that's where in Sault Ste. Marie they, they met uh, uh William McGillivray visited them one day and the very next day Alexander McKenzie mm-hmm. so there are three uh historic figures in the book real people David Thompson yeah. the surveyor William McGillivray, who was at the time head of the Northwest Company, and Alexander McKenzie, the well-known explorer. Um, but the whole the whole book or the story, uh, you could say, is a year in the life of uh, Mark and and Brave. Um, you know, basically, yes. it's a year that they spend on the shores of Lake Superior, and then um, eventually moving to um, Fort William, which is in construction when the book ends. Um, how would you describe Mark? Uh, who is he? Okay, what is Mark, he? Yeah, Mark. Uh, and and by the way, they did they made a side trip uh, to Isle Royal, which mm-hmm. is called Menong in the Ojibwe. They they had that name on it for a long time before the Jesuits renamed it uh, to Isle Royal. But uh, Mark was uh, was born. He and his sister both born on Bell Isle, which is right next to. Um, kind of on the northeast corner of the uh, Isle Royal or Manang. And so he was about 24 when he decided to leave. His father and mother had died. She was she became ill, and his father was lost in, he was a fisherman, as well as Mark was, uh, in Lake Superior, and he lo- lost in a storm. And so Mark decided to seek his fortune, and he headed for Grand Portage. But he was uh, uh, what you call a Metis. He was a mixed blood. So he had uh, his French-Canadian father's um, 
appearance to a lot of points, but he had uh, some of his mother's features, the dark black hair, hair in a ponytail, um, strong, tall, about six feet. And, uh, and he was, he was, uh, you know, he knew fishing mm-hmm. and nets and stuff, and he also, uh, knew hunting. And, uh, so he headed that way and eventually ended up, like you say, take, getting, catching a, uh, a deal, uh, uh, one of the Northwest Company's, uh, brigades, which was at least three, uh, birch bark canoes, fur trade canoes, and they were hauling furs back to the Grand Portage, uh, annual rendezvous when all the furs from all over their posts that were went right out to the uh, prairies in the west where the buffalo were and of course north to great slave lake and you know just in many forts and all those had to come in and be collected during those two weeks of uh, late july mm-hmm. at, at grand portage it was just the center hub and uh so um he was uh he was an adventuresome uh, guy and when once he got brave with him it it uh it, it made quite a quite a story brave is uh i found myself liking you know the the wolf hybrid uh husky myself mm-hmm. so um <clears throat> you know there there was there had to be a lot of research involved in the writing of this book because uh, and I know something of the fur trade, having taught uh, courses at Northland College in uh, years ago about um, uh, we called it North Country values, and uh, you know we we studied the basically the peoples who lived in the Lake Superior watershed, you know, so around Lake Superior. We've got to take a short break here, but we'll be back with more from Barry Delberto right after this. Hi, I'm Steve Fanaz. I make my living on the water and rely on solid information to stay on good bites. That's why I'm excited that the folks at Outdoor News have launched a great new website, fisherreports.outdoornews.com, where you can read the best, most thorough fishing reports available on your phone, tablet, or laptop. Pricing is just $5 a month. There's a special introductory rate of $24 annually. That's only 2 bucks a month. That all-access rate gives you reports from eight Midwest and Great Lakes states, from Minnesota all the way to New York, with more to come. The responsive website is mobile-friendly and accessible anywhere you receive cellular or Wi-Fi data. An added benefit of the service is that subscribers receive special early access to the Outdoor News reports. Other exclusive website features include gear reviews, tackle and technique tips, and up-to-date videos. Top fishing reports for less than a bucket of minnows. Check out this great new website, fisherreports.outdoornews.com, and get on the top bites in your area. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. We're talking with Barry Dalberto. He's the author of a new book called Brave, which depicts a year in the life of a young man involved in the fur trade 
back in the early 1800s, and his dog, which is a husky-wolf hybrid, and he calls the dog Brave. It really is an accurate depiction of life in uh, right around the turn of the century to the 19th century, 1800 or so. Um, who, who's your audience for this book? Are you who'd you aim? Who who'd you write it for? I think it was it was written a lot of it um, for for teaching maybe more mainly towards young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've had uh, comments already that this since be my second book. I'm sure, I think this is much you know is uh, my best writing so far. And I've had adults uh, comment, my older brother for one, but but other people not not related, and they said you know they're really enjoying it. They they got into it, and uh, they can see all the. Um, uh, I think the research too. I some of the research stuff I did, you know, was uh, there were there were many books about uh, Northwest Company and stuff. David Thompson. I bought his narrative, which is very thick, uh, and and it's it's not a complete thing, but it uh, you know it gave me a look at, it, and that's where I decided. I saw he did this. Uh, uh, this one circumnavigation in H and O two, and that worked out with my mm-hmm. my timeline. And so uh, there's there's things called Portisians in the Past, Northwest to the Sea, which is and Northwest Company by Marjorie Campbell and uh, Superior Rendezvous Place by Morrison, and the Journals of Alec McCandy and and uh, the Voyagers Highway, just and many more. You know, um, so yeah, I did a lot of a lot of reading and. Uh, uh, had to come up with, uh, with a, a logical and historical, basically, um, setting and people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so there were only a few, as, as you say, that were real personalities, real historic figures. So I worked my way, my characters in with them. And I think it, it works well. There's enough adventures, a lot of fishing, uh, netting, catching, even uh, a sturgeon, uh, which gave them an awful battle, you know, a six-foot sturgeon right. uh, in the net. And uh, it almost drowned one of the one of the voyagers helping my uh, character, Mark. And uh, hunting, you know, actually, there's even a woodland caribou thing because yep. the woodland caribou are still up there in certain areas on the North Shore. And I decided... I think this would be great. So when they made camp on this one island coming back towards uh, Isle Royale, uh, he and Brave went out to hunt. And uh, he had flintlock rifles, of course, a rifle and a, and a shotgun. And um, so there's goose and duck hunting and, you know, and such. But uh, a lot of fishing, jigging for trout, lake trout and such. Um, and he smoked his own, you know, he would put them in uh Yep. Salt solution, brine, and smoke them yep. in his little deal and stay in his Hogan not far from the fort towards uh, the shore. Um, yeah, so, um, and Sean and McGillivray, the leader of the Northwest Company, they're all Scots and they came from um, Highlander uh, warrior ancestry. Mm-hmm. With the kilts and everything, and and I in the book I have them wear them for special occasion, which they did, uh, McGillivray did, and I had my uh, Sean McTavish do the same thing. You know whether it was uh, a special deal, like uh, if McGillivray was going to make a, a visit, which he did one time in the fall uh, with his uh, uh, express canoe. He had an express canoe that could go very fast. It just carried their personal stuff. He had ten hand-picked voyagers, and they would um, get him places that were twice, three times as fast as most uh, canoes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and especially the, the canoes that were fur trade that were loaded with either trade goods sure. or, or um, you know, um, furs. And so... Uh, so they they had these meetings and stuff and and it was uh, it was neat to have them give their views and the same with David Thompson on the trip around the lake. Mark had plenty of time when the work was done and they weren't fishing or something and and on uh, at the campsites to talk with David Thompson and pick his brain. He was very moral, 
very moral man for being in the fur trade. Yeah. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. Didn't drink or smoke, yeah, yeah, or swear. Which and, is... and in fact, one time there was a, there was a time where somebody in the organization they knew he didn't he didn't want to take liquor rum to um, get the Indians to buy things the Ojibwe the Cree whoever it was and one time somebody kicked out a couple of barrels of rum and sent it to him hmm. and what he did was he tied the two pigs to a very wild uh, horse they had. <laughs> And they let him go, mm-hmm. and he just smashed those things to pieces against the trees. Yeah. And he he was happy. They never sent any more. I guess not. Yeah. Well, uh, Barry, we're running out of time here, so how can okay. uh, listeners get a copy of your book? Well, they can they can write me. Uh, I'm at uh, to Barry Alberto, and uh, that I'm at uh, 740 Park Avenue. P-A-R-K in uh, Stanley, Wisconsin, and the zip is 54768, or my email address is barrydelberto45, the number 45, at um, gmail.com. And the, the book costs uh, $17 and uh, $21 with shipping, mm-hmm. so $20 covers, you know, the yeah, and, and I'll ship it out to whoever and, and uh, sign it and such. Okay. Do you have a Facebook page or a website? Um, I do. I do have a Facebook deal. I, I don't use it very much, but um, yeah, I do have one, and uh, I guess uh, they could just look up my name on there. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I guess that. Pretty well covers it. That's how we get it. Yeah, is it in any bookstores around the, the lake? It is not, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, I haven't, you know, it's uh, difficult, especially in these pandemic times, to, to do some of this. But I, I don't have a network, and um, I have it in, I've given it to a few libraries, like the one in Aramont, Michigan, where I grew up in that, in um they have it for Chekhov and stuff, and I hope to do a book signing and stuff, and I will be doing a few uh, art shows with my baskets up in mountain area, and uh, I'll, I'll be selling them there, and I have to let some people know about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of a small potatoes guy, and uh, but I think it's it's worth looking at, and I, I appreciate, you know, your... Um, your time and your interest and just it's been just uh, a breath of fresh air yeah Yeah. well um it it was a fun read and i think anyone interested in the fur trade era or uh history of um you know ojibwe people and uh, voyagers around lake superior would find it interesting so thank you so much for joining us Thank you, Dan. Thanks much. You bet. Barry Delberto, the author of the new book, Brave. And uh, as he mentioned, his probably the best way to get a hold of him is send him an email at barrydalberto, D-A-L-B-E-R-T-O, 45, at gmail.com. And you can purchase the book that way. Well, if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit com. and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need their help. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. 
Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow Technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details. And they've got all your new and used boats in stock you can stop by or visit them online. And they are busy. You know, I was supposed to pick up my boat uh, this week, and I wanted to put it off because I, I want uh, John to come with me. It's a six-hour trip over and back, and I'm still not doing a lot of long-distance driving. And I was going to call Brian uh, Bell and say, hey, can we put it off till next Saturday? And he emailed me, and he said, you know, uh, Ben Schmolt is so busy, uh, we're behind, so uh, let's push your boat pickup back a week. So that works out perfectly. But I'm looking forward to picking it up. It's a Crestliner uh, 16, 1750 Fishhawk, same boat I've been running for the last few years. And, uh, you know, I put a few hours on it, uh, use it a uh, number of uh, personal trips and TV trips, and then... Take it back to Cedar Lake Sales, and it is available for sale. So if you ever want a good deal on a used Crestliner, slightly used Crestliner that's virtually new, uh, ask them about my, my boat. Well, and if you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons online at milwaukeepbs.org. And our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show is also online on milwaukeepbs.org and also on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Or you can just search for Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV and you should be able to find it. And the radio show you're hearing right now, you can take with you anytime. We've got it available on podcasts. You can also listen to us on Lakelink. Go to lake-link.com. Their outdoor radio page has us right there. You can download the show and uh, this show up to about a year ago as well. And uh, take us with you wherever you go. You can find Dan on social media by following him at Dan Small Outdoors and uh, follow me at Hardwater Jeff. And before we move on, Dan, what I did see by following you this last week at Dan Small Outdoors, congratulations on your award from the state of Wisconsin. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't like to blow my own horn too much, but I will in this case. This was the Governor's Tourism Legacy Award. It's... uh one person gets it every year, and you have to have 25 years of service to the tourism industry of Wisconsin. And uh, I was nominated last year, did not get it, and this year I did. Uh, it was humbling. It was a virtual uh, presentation, uh, but when uh, yeah, when Ann Sayer started reading, you know, the qualifications of the winner, I thought, oh my God, I got it, you know. And then she followed up. She called me. Uh, personally, uh, the Secretary of Tourism, and I said, well, I didn't expect a call from you. She said, well, you know, I just wanted to congratulate you. You're a friend. I've known you for 20 years, and you really deserve this. So, Congratulations, uh, yeah, gonna, Dan. You yeah, thank it. you. Thank you. We are going to keep doing what we do, which is talking about uh, all the good things to do in Wisconsin's great outdoors. The DNR tells us that fire danger is still high, especially in northwest Wisconsin. So be careful with fire. Check burning restrictions locally or on the DNR website. Just search burning restrictions or you can call 888-WIS-BURN for updates uh, and report any wildfires to your sheriff or your local DNR office. Uh, there have been several hundred wildfires already this season. We can't afford to burn good habitat um, and, and, uh, and, and endanger uh, human lives and 
and uh, wildlife as well. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Jeff, have a great tournament this weekend. Thank you, Dan. And, uh, folks, get outside this weekend. Join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. It's a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey.